to do. Um, I don't know what number session this is exactly, but we're definitely moving along with our United Souls course with Pulver EDU. A big thanks to the Pulver family, Jeff Pulver and Lauren Pulver for hosting, our hosts, our wonderful hosts and all the people involved. And we thank all the people that are involved in the course so far. And more specifically, Jonathan has been a big star in the course. And it's with deep appreciation because it's given us the ability to really put the content together and have the confidence, especially when I see you in Azula and how much you know, you're know you now a host and doing some great things over there, bringing some of the things we discussed in our course to life there. And it really means a lot to me. And I really say a big thank you that to see it brought back into daily life and not just to remain in the course is what makes the big difference. And that's everything we're trying to do with learning and growing together. This is stuff that needs to be applied and made practical in real life. And that is actually the name of the course today. It's Unification in Daily Life. That is the name of today's session. We're going to keep it short and sweet because thank God we both have a schedule and there's other people around as well who need my attention. And we also so far went through some really important points, especially last session. I think that was really profound because not only did we review everything we've done, but we also took it to the next level, which is what I feel that when I went through Stephen Covey's book, The Ten Habits, oh, sorry, The Seven Habits, and I transformed it into a ten habit, like I took it up three levels. He did have an eighth habit called The Voice, if I remember right. Um, but the the two habits he never went to that I feel that I'm adding to everything he's doing, and it affects profoundly all the habits before, because the, the universal principles are not in seven and not in eight, but they're in ten. There's a pattern, and we know now technologically that everything, and my son, who's just, thank God, just joined an amazing program um, for the last uh, few weeks, has been quite difficult for us as a family because he's no longer living here. He's living in a campus and boarding. But the programs he's part of is a high-level schooling. And the kind of topics he's learning is not just the uh, spiritual aspects, which he was always doing until now, because we have he learns a Jewish education on a high level, but now he's gone into a much higher level um, learning of limide, we call it in, in Israel, chol, which is like the idea of he's going into computing and you know all the different world wisdoms, but in a, a whole other level. For, for, for example, which is relevant here, he was explaining to me that he's now learning things about gigabytes and megabytes and petabytes and all these high and high levels of memory storage and the way that everything is done through computing what he told me and I remember learning this once is everything's done through the binary through one and zero zero and one yeah constant back and forth this pattern and we know as a human being that we have ten we're built with this concept of ten uh, our whole being is set out on the mystical level with this pattern of ten we have ten fingers ten toes and also the aspects of humanity go together, we have a right side of the brain, a left side of the brain, the center part of the brain, we have the right hand, the left hand, and the center of our body, and we have the right leg and the left leg, and the the foundation, like the uh, covenant, like the, the part 
that's able to reproduce, hopefully. And then we have the, the feet, which is the, this is 10 aspects. Um, so you just count it, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10, yes. So that is on, it's called in the mystical text, the Tree of Life. And it's mapped out as, as that. We can understand why it would be called the Tree of Life, I suppose, because trees give life. Yeah, we, we're all breathing in the oxygen so bountifully, and hopefully that will continue and have a tree in your office. That's perfect. Amazing. And that's the idea that, you know, that we are constantly tuning into this mystical pattern in a real way. Now, why does a seven aspect seem more effective, as Stephen Covey called it? Because we have seven days in the week, as we discussed, when we're reviewing everything, and we talked about how we have to internalize it on the seventh day. It's an important time, and the concept of seven is in music, and in colors, and in all the different aspects of natural creation. But there's three levels, which are the more mystical levels, which take us beyond the seven days, the seven colors, the seventh notes, there's actually an eighth note, and there's actually a ninth and a tenth note. There's actually a sort of eighth aspect of time, and it goes again into the ninth and tenth. Everything goes that those next levels beyond to whole spiritual levels. Like the way the, the calendar is divided up in, in, in our mystical foundation is 7,000 years. There's 8,000, 9,000, 7,000. There's really all these mystical millennia, different millenniums that we don't really know much about, but what we can do, and to bring this down once again to practical daily living, is internalize certain aspects that we do know, that the ninth and the tenth level, we already discussed the eighth, the eighth we said is intuition, is the idea of understanding in a deep, deep way, and it was very profound how we spoke about how we're just tuned in to deep knowledge from the soul, a sort of understanding of what we need to be doing in this world, and it connects very much with living life in a real happy way, in a more plugged-in way. That was the eighth level. That's what we spoke about last time. Now, the ninth level is, for me, the way I understand it, because, you know, there are mystical texts, but we're going to bring it into the way a guy living in 2021 who grew up in North London, in Edgware, and didn't have any of these levels of understanding. But somehow, in a deep way, I was brought there through different people and different teachers and guides and learning for years. And Jeff met me originally when I, that was all pretty much I was doing was just learning and a little bit on the side doing some music events and helping students all night. But I was learning even then. I was with those students. So he met me in that time frame. But the point is now I'm trying to bring it into real life. That's, that's the this challenge. But... When you get to life, and I'm going to read what I discussed with my soulmate, because I think, once again, as we mentioned last time, usually you're going to have people around in your life who bring it out more practically. And they're going to bring it out, and they're going to test it, and they're going to challenge it, challenge your inner soul knowledge, your inner self-beliefs, your inner system, your thought system. They're going to br bring it out in a real way. So my wife and my soulmate, and please God by you, you know, like to have that soulmate in your life, Someone who you can really bounce off everything we're doing here. And if you don't have it as one person, it can be a sphere, a circle of souls that you're able to do that, like we do in the Zula and these other places. They're able to bring out these concepts more and more till it starts impacting 
how we make a living, impacting how we wake up in the morning, how we go to bed, all the real everyday habits of life. So the ninth one is, for me, probably the hardest of all of them, and it's because it's the most challenged. And the world is actually built right now to make us fail in this aspect. So we're, both, we're going up against a whole reality that, that we have to face. So let me read it. How do we deal with all the distractions to create a more calm approach to life? Now, if you disagree with that, that that's the hardest thing to do, and the world is up against us in that aspect, I, I'm not going to, you know, argue, and, uh, you know, I'm going to be happy, you know, mate. Again? Huh? I'll read it, it again. read it again. So, here we go, mate. How do we deal with all the distractions to create a more calm approach to life? So, really, I'll just say one word, distractions. Yeah? We spoke about it in Azula, the idea of focus. That's why I found Azula of our weekly Thursday meeting with all our friends through Pulver Networks and Pulver EDU and Pulver Zula, all the different aspects. We come together on that Thursday. Those words that we speak about always flow into, hopefully, what I'm doing in my life. And that's this concept of focus is completely challenged by the idea of distractions. And that means, on all levels, we're physically distracted, we're emotionally distracted, we're spiritually distracted, we've got, you know, one of these things in our ear, hopefully you don't, but I do, unfortunately, I gave in. I've been fighting this for a long time to not get one of these. I have them too. <laughs> I was fighting it. I have headphones, but they're like, I had wires, and, you know, that was... When I was sitting in front of someone, you took out the wires. But with this, you don't have to, no one will know. And you could be like jamming out, you know. <laughs> you know, you could be really having fun with, with your headphones. But the point is that as cool as they are, remember there's a agenda behind all this technology. And we shouldn't be naive and think that it's just there to help mankind and humankind to help people come to, like, you know, when Facebook. Originally, it was started actually as a dating site, or you know, for many other reasons, I'm sure. But you know, then it became this whole like message to the world, like Google as well. You know, we're going to bring wisdom to the world and communication to whole new levels. You know, and I, I hope you know that, that what they claim is what they're doing is some beautiful, you know, wondrous, taking us to the next level of civilization. But as we know from the documentary social dilemma and as any teenager now i was just watching a review of a song of a guy a quite controversial singer called tom mcdonald i don't know if you've come across i'm not recommending him but you know he, he's someone out there making big waves and i wanted to hear what a young you know black teenager would say about his music a very like cool looking guy with nose piercings not saying anything like what it means but just that's what he looked like and he had tattoos on his face, interesting guy, and he just basically went into this whole thing, which is what we're discussing now, that the brainwash, the latest song from Tom McDonald about being brainwashed, and how this fight against the media and technology and the powers that be, to maintain that self-strength, that self-voice, that inner voice, that true voice, the voice of the soul, which is what this whole course is about, United Souls, is... Really, the concept is being distracted, is being controlled and manipulated in some level. 
that we shouldn't get to know ourselves. We should get to know what other people want us to know. We should, we should get to think what other people want us to think. So really we're up against the whole world in that sense. If the main focus of the world is now through technology, you know, especially the, the Western world and you know, where, the, where we live and where the main influence on the world is coming from, is to basically distract us. Yeah? Now, I don't know if everyone's distracted, um, people have boundaries, and we're going to discuss that. So let's hear what I wrote first with my soulmate, because she's once again very practical. The distractions are generally our voices and media, or culture. These eight points we have discussed all require patience. So everything we brought down before requires a lot of patience. This is very profound concept. Patience with ourselves, patience with the people in our life. You know, I'll give you a golden gem. You want to grow in your marriage or your relationships? Patience. You want to grow with your children? Patience. Go with the process. You know, you want your children to be fixed. You want them to to make your life easier. Even more so, you want your soulmate. You want the people in your company to be fixed. You want people around you to do what you want them to do. Especially my personality. I come from a family of bosses, yeah? Everyone in my family is boss. Yeah, my father was a boss, my brothers are bosses, my uncle's a famous boss in the music business, Harvey Goldsmith. You know, we're all bosses, yeah? And, you know, he even had a show, my uncle Harvey, where he would come along and take these bands that, you know, weren't getting really anywhere, or they were at one point had a following, and now they don't. And he would come and tell them how it is. Yeah, you have to picture this this round English guy, you know, with a beard and a cigar in his mouth, pulling up in his his I don't know what car, maybe a Mercedes or BMW, some fancy car, Lexus, whatever it was, pulling up, and it was a show, and it was a few years back, well, not so long ago, and he'd literally just give it to these musicians and pound them until he put beat them into shape that they could actually, you know, get to the next level of their career, and uh, it, you know, it was a tough show. But the point, and people actually enjoyed it, but the point was that that's the kind of background I come from. So we want to force people to becoming the best because we know best. I know best. And that is not correct. That's, that's, you have to have patience. It's a process. Not everyone is meant to be famous. Not everyone's meant to be a successful band. So then you have to guide them in other ways or, or give them that channel that they had a fan base, find a way to work with that fan base they do have but not give them, you know, imaginations that they're going to become big again or they're going to have a second opportunity. The point is, you're not there to change people. You're there to change yourself. I spoke about this in my weekly class, that the real battle this time period, spiritually, because we're preparing for a new year in our calendar, is, and this will be good for the fool, for anybody, the approaching time period, that you have to change yourself, not other people. We spoke about this a little bit using the right eye for other people on the left eye, for ourselves. We have to be more inward to work on ourselves. And that is really where all the hard work is. And it will profoundly affect the people around us the more we change ourselves. And I'm saying this because I'm not good at it. That's why I said it's the hardest thing for me. Because I'm incredibly distracted. I want to be distracted. I want the best movies out there to distract me. I want the best desires in the world to distract me. I don't want to face myself. Like all addiction, 
comes from not facing yourself, if you agree with that or not. But that's what the profoundest people in, in the addictions world, yeah, and I appreciate the thumbs up, the profoundest people in that world, which I've had the merit to listen to or learn from or be by, or, and those people in the recovery world understand deeply that addiction is a distraction from the self. Because to face the self is no more painful thing than deal with yourself. It's the place of most pain. It's the place of most work. And we all want a holiday. We all want we, we don't, we, like the idea of, or they say is addiction is, is very connected to ego. We'd rather be dealing with our ego than our true self. And ego is the same first letters as edging God out. We want to edge out spirituality. We want to edge out, because really what is God on a deep level in some ways? You know, there's different ways to relate to God, but our creator, but the real absolute power wants us to face ourselves. He created us and he wants us to deal with ourselves. That's what he's given as a gift. Our own choice and our own ability to choose our destiny and to find ourselves. He's given that as a gift even though in the end we don't really have that much control over the general story, but over our little point of reference, our inner reality, our inner mental way of thinking, our emotional way of dealing with life, our way of how we function in the world actively, this is our choice and this is our unique gift that we have. And the point is that we have to face our stuff and not stuff our face. Yeah, that's what Kedalia says. Face our stuff and don't stuff our faces. Yeah, we like that one. I think we had it a few weeks ago. I don't remember that quote. That's a good quote. But anyway, so let's read a bit more. Revaluate and take stock as always. New dimensions and dynamics come up. Therefore, constantly reevaluate and have our meetings like this, like the AA. Get together with people. Get out of yourself. You're not going to clarify who you are without having someone outside of you help you. That's part of the challenge of life. We can't do this alone. And we never are alone, truly. We're always connected to that spiritual side of ourselves. We're always connected to people. We have the online world. This is where the online world... And remember, Google and Facebook didn't create the online reality. They created a platform. So they're not, they shouldn't be in control. Amazon do not control the online reality. They didn't create it. It's a creation, I don't know how exactly it came out, I'd love Jeff to one day explain it to us, but the point is it, it was created, yeah? It's a reality as part of our human existence now. And no one really should have control in it, except the individuals, as Jeff so wisely often teaches us when we get together and discuss it, but the power of each individual voice should be where it's at. And that will provide this unifying, beautiful reality where every individual is truly expressing itself, and then we'll all come together, unified voice on the internet. That's, that's where the internet has a spiritual, beautiful, idyllic reality that, that people quote, but don't necessarily, on a real level, uh, build towards. Yeah, they, once again, if you look at the social dilemma, you see over there, they're using those networks and platforms to control people and get a build a, build a monetary empire. Um, you know, maybe it's not even monetarily anymore controlling some of these people because they're so rich. It could be it's just power. Uh, and that's when you go to the root of all desires, it's power, it's control. That's what we're saying. 
Control is also very connected to addiction. So to get ourselves out of these distractions and these addictions, we have to let go of control. We have to let go of wanting power over people and changing people. We have to just face our stuff, change ourselves, get more in touch with the inner voice of who we are, and that will give us stability. And that, once again, through re-evaluating, regrouping, as I spoke about my relationship podcast with my wife recently, and having meetings together, getting connected, like these kind of avenues where you can start to work through your your understandings. I just had a, a, meet, a meal together with one of my old friends from London. He also went on a similar path to me, grew up in the same neighborhood and went on a similar path in Israel, in Jerusalem. He's a very well-known photographer, probably one of the best in Israel. And he invited us around for a meal. And we were going back and forth. And he just sent me a message for this meeting that, he loves me. He just that's what he said. I love you, man. Like, because I thanked him for hosting us, but he was like, just I love you. Like, meaning there's there's when you have these kind of souls in your life. In fact, he was the one that introduced me first to Stephen Covey's teachings, which has helped me a lot, and a lot of Eckhart Tolle, and a lot of these very big voice leaders nowadays. And uh, you know, whether they're alive or not, their the impact is there, their legacy is there. And he introduced me to a lot of these books. So that was just one aspect. But he himself has a voice, and we're starting to know his voice, not just from those books. And it's amazing as I'm hearing his development. And it was just amazing to go back and forth at the, at the mill with all the guests there and all the kids running around. And my wife was busy with, with uh, you know, his wife and the other girls that were there, ladies that were there. And it was just amazing to just discuss some deep concepts with a brother, you know, a soul brother. I don't know if you have that. Somebody you can really get into things with, you know. That gives us opportunities to do this growth with inner work for real practical development without distractions. That's the point. That's what we're doing in this session. This whole session is that we've eliminated the distractions and we're working on real stuff here that should impact our daily life. It shouldn't get stuck in the course. It shouldn't get stuck in the books. People have a lot of books. You go to some people's houses... Thousands of books, but it's all just staying there. You go online, so much knowledge. But to bring it into the reality of daily life, you're going to have to face yourself. You're going to have to be able to remove some of the distractions so that it starts to impact the daily life. Yeah, I can't keep saying this enough because it's so profoundly challenged right now that if we were just, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, God forbid, give up in any way because of this. Because you could start to say, well, it's game over. Netflix is just too... I mean, personally, I hate Netflix, but it, 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 for some people, it's just too... The episodes are too addictive. I can't stop bin-watching. Imagine what it does to your day. We were talking about being effective, all the different points, time management, priorities. Now, you binge-watch a whole series. What has it just done to your day? Yeah? So all the things that matter, all your priorities all the people in your life. Think of the effect. And what did you get from it? Such a little amount. There was some enjoyment and it stimulated and maybe it even implanted a bunch of crap ideals. Yeah? Because they often now, especially on Netflix, are filled with, with a lot of political agendas, unfortunately. If you, if, you, if you... Even maybe that social dilemma. I don't know exactly what the agenda was yeah, of the people there. They all used to work at all these large... You know, companies. So I don't know where, if they're like some revolutionary group against that. I, I'm not getting into conspiracy. But the point is, you, you don't really know all this content you're absorbing, what, 
what it, who's who's behind it and what they want from it. As the to- recent Tom McDonald song, I, I don't really want to quote him, but unfortunately, the idea of brain being brainwashed and all those ten points he mentioned in his video is actually in a scary way manifesting, and it's quite scary how much control they have on our kids and how much control the you know the the and whoever these they are. But the point is that there's a, a, a deluge of information that might not even be relevant for my mission, for my purpose, for my daily life. And I'm absorbed in it. And I'm distracted by it. And I might even be affected by it. That's the worst part. It might be impacting my life. So I've got to do some sort of cleansing here of all this distraction and knowledge that I don't need. It's nothing to do with my mental you know, capacity it's not to do with my emotional, I don't need all those emotions going up and down as the movie goes through with the music and the way they play with your head. I don't need all this stuff. And the same with Facebook feeds and Instagram feeds and TikTok, you know, nonsense or this video after video. All this stuff, I don't need this. Or the, the amount of constant impact on my email box and texts and I don't need all this stuff. I really don't. And I want to face my stuff, not stuff my face. I don't want to keep consuming. I want to be dealing. I want to be influencing myself. I want to be... You understand? I, I could go on and on, yeah? Now, what would, I, what would I say this is at a mystical level? I would say the word I would use to describe distractions as... Once again, I would say understanding again, because you've got to clarify what's good for you, what's not good for you. And the previous one we already called understanding. I would really say that that was more to do with knowledge. But between knowledge and understanding, this concept of filtering and clarifying what is good for my life. This is connected to to experience. This is connected to internalization, which is very one with understanding. Once again, this idea of intuition and knowing what's good for you, you have to protect that gift. That's what we're trying to say. There's a gift inside of you that knows what you need to do in life. And part of this session today is to know how to protect that part of yourself. To look after that precious soul, that precious wisdom, that precious understanding. And not let anything pull you away from that focus in life. Now, one of the things I'm doing personally, I always like to give a real life story. You know, is I have a group of artists, speakers, um, I call it Unity Bookings. And one of the, you know, his famous ones is this in black. But I also have a new artist I just brought on board, a guy called uh, Westside Gravy. He's from uh, San Diego originally. And one of the reasons why I really connect to his message is because he's all about clear identity, knowing who you are and being proud about that. Yeah, and that's something which culturally is really important. People are getting very confused culturally what they are. Now, I'm not saying he's perfect at it, and I'm not saying I am, but he is strengthening the idea of that proudness of who you are, and it's something which is a journey. Yes, that you know he has what to learn. I have what to learn. Everyone has what to learn more about their culture. If you think about it, being around these cultures, have been around for thousands of years. There's a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge, a lot of that we can learn and that why is that more important than all this distraction on the media because that's distracting ourselves from who we are truly that we there's a lot of culture a lot of depth into who we are truly and a history can be a great lesson our culture can be a great lesson 
because it can give insights to... Well, I'll just give an example. Like, one of the famous influencers just broke up with his recent girlfriend. And he said himself that just culturally we were just too different. Now, a lot of people get into relationships, and he himself said this, and this is a deep point. One of the biggest distractions is sexual distractions, yeah? Especially for a man. I haven't talked about it so much on this course, but I, I think now's the time to do it. And this influencer said, and I'll quote him, his name's Lewis House, hopefully he won't mind me quoting him, because he mentioned this publicly to another influencer, I think it was to Tom Bilyeu, or um, maybe not, maybe it was to a relationship coach. I'm not sure exactly who he was talking to, but it's the last few episodes of Lewis House's podcast, a good guy. I've met him actually in Israel, he came here, really good energy. Yeah, I, I went and met him really, and we actually spoke about this point, funny enough, about relationships. I said, I'm praying for you, man, that you should find your soulmate, because I know that's really important to you. And he said, I'm just starting up a relationship, and it was this one, funny enough, that he just broke up with. And she was very sexually like, wow, you know. And he himself admitted that as lovely lady as she was, no, no faulting her, but culturally she just wasn't right. And sexually she was. But that was a distraction for the more important point of the values and the culture and the, the long-term ability. Because how much with the sexual energy and that whole vibe, if it doesn't work on all the other parts of the relationship, then... It's not going to work long term. And he himself said, from now on, and you know, I'm quoting him on this, I hope he's able to, I, mean, I hope people out there are able to learn from him, but he's not going to be sexual with his next person, at least for a year. Because he just wants to really get to know them. Now, you know, who would, if I would say that being what people would look at and say, oh, he's a rabbi, or he's one of those religious nuts, yeah? So, you know, so, oh, hold back a year, you know, <laughs> see you later, mate, I'm out, you know, I've had guys literally, when I used to teach them sometimes, in a more strong way, when I first started teaching, I was a bit, you know, new on the job, and they, they would sit there and start having tummy, stomach cramps, because they were like, I can't take this kind of, like, intense spiritual way of thinking, and they were just like, I've got to bounce around, right like, see you later, <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, all right, Fine, you know, I had to learn that, you know, over time you can't pound people with spiritual concepts they're not ready for. But Lewis Howes can say it because people won't say it's from spirituality. They'll say it, it's not from religious religiosity. It's coming from experience, from real life, from knowledge. As we said, the word today is knowledge. From real life, from experience and understanding, from knowing yourself. Knowledge is to know, real knowledge, not external stuff going on out there, all the distractions, which is very fluffy and but doesn't affect your essence. It's not to do with your essence. Sexual energy affects your essence. Even though it seems very external, but when you're giving over for a man, you're giving over your seed to another person, that's from your knowledge. That's knowing someone. That's knowing someone on the most intimate level. And when you connect with another human being, on that level, sexually, you're unifying. That's a unification. That's for two souls becoming one. That's two souls having the power, and it physically manifests if you create a child as one new being. You could become a procreator. So to understand that that sexual energy has the power, every seed has souls within it, and every soul has the power to become and 
if it's joined together with, with, with the egg, with the, with the ovary, and it becomes a new child, a new being, and unified with another human being, then you've just created a new life, a new soul, and you've become godly in that respect. Because you procreated and brought down a new level of soul, that two people became one at that moment, and that created a new soul. That's more powerful than any wisdom out there. And I don't even know if humanity, as much as they're now figuring out different ways to, on some level, procreate, but in the end, to create that, that power of seed, which comes from a place of soul, comes through your mind, through your spine, all the way through to your covenant to the other person. Yeah? It's a spiritual experience of spiritual energy coming through the human being into that other person and making a new life force. If it just goes and it's pleasurable and it doesn't create a child, that's also important because two souls became one. Even on the pleasure level and the intimate level and the knowing each other, you really know... Now, Gedalia, Fenster, who I've mentioned a bunch of times and I mentioned him again today, he says you're downloading. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, Joe, Joe Rogan calls it G's. I don't know what you call it, but it's downloading information and a lot of inner wisdom into the other person. There's some sort of like transmission of more than just the physical seed and whatever that is. There's a transmission spiritually of a lot of deep, profound knowledge that you're passing over to the other person. Now, take that, if, if it is so deep and profound, and now just go around doing that with loads of people, and you're thinking about all kinds of crap when you're connecting with those people, and what kind of world do we have? Yeah? And not only that, it's filled with Netflix, it's filled with porn, even worse. It's filled with pornography, it's filled with all kinds of low levels of understanding of what the man and woman relationship and the, the profound unification it takes place. It's completely disparate from unification or spirituality for anything important. And that, that power is coming out in a completely you know, external, even objective disgusting way, let's say, yeah, let's just be honest, it's something very profound and beautiful that's been made very low and degrading and almost like a deep physical need of just release and, and for a woman it's like a deep feeling of like, whatever, like for a woman it's, I'm not a woman so I can't exactly describe it, I always try and figure it out as a man, like what is, what is the experience for a woman, um, but some sort of recognition or, you know, appreciation or I, I don't know if you have any words to help me with this, Jonathan, because I'm a bit lost on this. I, the word that popped into my head was acceptance. They want to feel like they're accepted by who they're with. Wow. Acceptance. So, that, high, that whole experience, to take it to, to out of its way, it was ideally meant to be, started off in our belief, if you look biblically, with the first man and woman. We know that the snake got involved. Yeah, the first pimp in the history got involved and started, you know, busy with his, you know, his his uh, whores and kept the first man of creation busy with his whores, literally. And that's what it says in the mystical text. But like, no, no one ever said it this way, but, you know, why not? 120 years, he was busy just spilling his seed all over the place and it wasn't going nowhere. It was feeding all kinds of demonic negative energies that we see the world we're in till now is filled with plenty of that, yeah? And uh, 
it's a complete misrepresentation of that force. So if a person would take on that challenge to try and remove distractions, that will have to also be together with sexual distractions. 100%. And I think anyone who's been... Yeah, please. I I love the way you presented it because, you know, being raised Catholic and even the Christian religion here in the U.S., it's so fear-based as opposed to knowledge-based or as opposed to soul-based, right? Like, do you know who you are? If you don't, like, then how do you know how to provide or care for somebody else? And, And when you take it to that next level, right, with the wrong intentions, man, it can cause a lot of problems. And I respect Lewis Howe. I know exactly, like, I love the fact that he said that because I couldn't agree more. And it's amazing on how many people want to go straight to just that, you know, not have these deeper conversations or talk about what they believe in or how they want to raise their children or what future they look like. Well, that's down the road. Well, no, like, get on the same page. You know, like, what is your focus on in life if it's always, you know, intimate or, you know, just sex and not intimacy? I don't know, man. We've, I've been there, unfortunately. I hope I never go there again, but it's, uh, it's something that is very deep and profound and, you know, something, you know, everyone is going to struggle with. And, you know, everyone. Everyone, yeah, everyone, even the people who block themselves. So I, I know some people, if you would know some of the people I know, and I'm not talking, I know people from the other world, because I used, I actually ran a club in London called Pimps and Whores. Yeah, I ran it. It was my <laughs> night. So I've been in that world. Right. And I've met people yeah. here who I would call righteous and righteous, like the people that, that only with their wife in the most profound, intimate level, and they never look at anything else other than their wife and their wife in the most respectful spiritual format and there are some people still left who are able to do it and it's unbelievable and the energy now this is the point i wanted to say that's relevant for us that we can learn that if there are still people out there who are not doing this the energy these people have is is nuclear is bigger than nuclear you you touch their hands and the power they possess, because they've contained all that energy. They haven't been disparate with that energy. They've, imagine, a person who hasn't done that, who's kept all that energy within, and only used it when it's exactly the right time in the right way that creates the true effect of intimacy, and then the rest of the day is just busy generating more positive energy in all their other goals in life. And they, they, it's like a magnet, these people. I got addicted to one of these righteous people. I got addicted to his energy, and in a way, in a deep way, like it was it was drawing me in. Hashem, he never did. God forbid, he never did anything like intimate towards me, but it, it was it was just just to touch his hand for a second. You, even my father, who's like in like this completely nothing to do with religion in that way, and totally like <laughs> he's not aware of these ideas, or if he is, he's not interested. He when he met this person, said, this is a holy person. Are people still in this world? And that's what real holiness is. It's not some, like, weird, like, you know, guru, whatever. It's someone who's literally yeah. able to contain the sexual energy. That's really, if you want to clarify holiness. And that affects all the other things, how they eat, how they sleep, how they talk, how they... And yeah. I, I've had the merit to be around that and 
emulator at least at a certain time in my life. And now I'm back in the world more and am exposed to how much the media wants to make me more sexually active and constantly think about it in all the sexual images that are constantly poured on me day after day, every time I work, every time I do anything, even go in the street. So I'm constantly reminded sex, 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 sex all day. And anyway, as a man, you have that probably naturally anyway. But the business world knows that that's a massive way of getting your attention as a man. And probably as a woman, how to make you, as you said, get that acceptance by being beautiful and all that kind of stuff. So both ways it's working for both of us, man and woman, and then whatever in between. (laughs) So the idea that we're constantly being distracted in this way. Now, I wanted to get to the 10th point in this course. It might be we have to wait till August the 31st because we have to finish. Um, But I'll just mention it very quickly so we know what the goal of the whole course was. And that's how I described this this um, today's lesson was unification in daily life. And that, once again, connected to the idea of removing the sexual distraction so you can unify with your soulmate truly, and, and that's part of your daily life. Not that you should unify with your wife every day or a soulmate, but you should unify, because you can unify by giving to them emotionally. You can unify with them by giving to them physically. You can unify, as I talk about in relationship podcasts, you unify in other levels. It's not just about intimacy. But intimacy is the inner level of all of the other things you're doing. But you can't get to that intimate place unless you've done all the other levels. That's why I talk about relationship podcasts. And you have to remove a lot of the distractions on each of those levels. Because physically there's distractions, emotional distractions, spiritual distractions. You know, a woman has a time of a month, yeah? So what are you going to do? Like, you're not going to be connecting with her? Like, you know, I, I was recently planning on going away and having a day with my wife and I. And obviously a man wants it to be the intimate level as well. Maybe the woman also, yeah? But man even more so. But I realized I'm going to go away anyway and I'm going to connect emotionally. Even if she's her time of a month that I wasn't expecting, came out of the blue. I'm going to go away and connect with my wife without that intimate level. And that, But all the other things are building towards that anyway. So when it will come the right time... That holiday away was still purposeful, even without connecting physically. You get what I'm saying? 100%. That's what Lewis House is saying. It's the same idea. But and that's, so, and that, that's, that's being a real man. You know, that, that, that's knowing that there's more than one way to experience this world and, and to enjoy it and live, you know, unified and from a place of love, right? Like if you're if you can enjoy all aspects of your partner, right, conversation, emotionally, physically, spiritually, like, you can get fed in other ways and grow closer together. And, you know, a lot of men don't think don't think that way, right? A lot of guys that I've been around in sports and stuff like that, it was always a competition, right? Everything was a competition. Well, you know, real true men, like, in, and I'm learning through the hard way, is saying, okay, like, how do I connect? How do I listen? How do I, you know, respect her just as much as I respect myself and, and, and God? And, you know, how do we unify and come together as opposed to fill my needs? I, I think it's fantastic. I, I like just what the doctor ordered. Amazing. The 10th point, I appreciate that, Jonathan, to inspire ourselves with a life of more unification and joy. Taking our real growth, whatever level, into our daily life. Now, 
this is this is really the goal, the goal of the course, as we said, unification in daily life, that we have to bring it, whatever level growth we've achieved, and bring it into daily life. And this is really the most profoundest point of all. Because people, what they do when they go to these courses, they get hyped up, say by like a Tony Robbins kind of guy, yeah? And, you know, you want to be, oh, I'm going to be the best. And everyone's jumping up and down, and you're like pumping up. Everyone's pumped, they use these words, and stoked, and all this kind of like, you know, you're in the sports world. You know, I didn't grow up in America, but I assume you heard, you know, like the army language, like, you know, uh, but really, the, you, you, if you really know the truth, it's all about those little details, those little moments, bringing into real life, real life, bringing in little steps of growth. It's very subtle. I think we mentioned it one time, but the idea is focusing on the good points, on those little, tiny little improvements. A little bit kinder, a little bit softer with your voice, a little bit more attentive to the person in front of you. All the things we've talked about, more effective in your timing, it's more management, more effective with your win-win, more effective with you know how you listen to people, more effective with joining together with other people, having clear again, refining, refining more and more, your mission statement, your goals, getting it clearer and clearer. Once again, being kind is also being proactive, not reacting, and then coming again and going over and internalizing and experiencing life in a more meaningful, deep way and getting more in touch with your intuition, who your true voice is, and then getting to that that point where, the, where you start to realize on a clear level that there's a lot of distractions as well for me to manifest all these things. And I'm giving too much time to movies, or I'm giving too much time to absorbing content, or I'm giving too much time to, if for my children to absorb content. You know, that's one of the hardest things that I, I would tell you, my life right now, one of the most painful realities is, that when I was a kid, we went out and played. Now, unfortunately, we're, most of our kids are in competition with, the, with, with what's going on online. So I say to myself, like, I wish I could provide some way to get them off these machines, like a better lifestyle, swimming pool, something to get them out of the house, yeah? So they're not so distracted, so they won't find themselves too much online and constantly be absorbing whatever there is out there. All right, all right I'll, say, I'll filter what's online. Okay, so I'll say to my kids, you can only have this and this and this, and I won't have Netflix, so they can't just binge. So I won't have this, I won't have that. But what are they? That YouTube's free. Like, how am I going to do with YouTube? Yeah, and there's so much content on there. What am I going to do? And it's a if you start to get into it, it's such a it's such a challenge. But one thing, like we said before, and this is the comfort that I will keep growing myself, no matter what. I'm going to be the soldier. I'm going to be the success story. I'm going to be the the good cop. I'm going to be the guy that, like you said, is manning up, being a true man, which is really there for people. And they will eventually themselves choose, hopefully, to fight this battle themselves. That's the key. I'm not trying to control them. I'll give them, hopefully, better op- op- options. And Like I took my kids ice skating on a Friday, really connecting. Everyone's holding hands. Really, Ice skating is an amazing way to connect. Thank God I know how to ice skate, because I used to went back in the day. <laughs> Because when a father goes and takes them somewhere and doesn't know what he's doing, they're just sort of laughing at him. It's not really so connecting, yeah? But thank God, 
I did do my job back in the day to learn some things. So one of those, and now that I skate, so I'm holding everyone's hands or going round and round. And I'm even helping some of them who are not so good. And it's very connecting. Instead of that, that hour and a half getting there and the ice skating and getting back, instead of them, they could have just spent the whole time. I, I would be on my phone, they'd be on their things. And that was, that was it. That's what we yeah. did in this world. And there was yeah. no laughing. There was no bonding. There was no holding hands. There was no talking. It was all just them lost in this online web. Yeah? Yeah. And sure. this is the kind of like, we have to make these kind of choices and... It, it might mean that we have to do a bit less work or a bit less social media. You know, Gedali always says this quote, and it's a true quote. After, you know, you've left this world, they're not going to ask you, how many posts did you do? You know, how much many likes did you get online? How many views? How many subscribers? No one's going to give them. Yeah, no one's going to care. Yeah? It's all meaningless. Yeah, you can start to imagine that it's true. Like how many stars I get. How much Jeff Coyne? How much money you have, right? Jeff Coyne. You come with none and you leave with none. How much Bitcoin, yeah? How much, whatever it is, it's all imaginary. You know, one of the things I once asked the rabbi, am I allowed to use my phone on a time when we're not allowed to write? There's a two weeks a year, we're not allowed to write during the week, just whatever, because the, even though you're, we have days where we completely don't do, like, like a disconnect to reconnect, this is a bit of a, you know, Jewish, like, people won't really understand this unless you're living it, but there's a, a week day that's sort of in between week and holiday, so we try not to write so we do one less thing, one less business aspect we try not to work during those days but if you're going to lose loads of money, you're allowed but, you know, it's like this in between stage of not quite full holiday, but not quite weekday yeah, where you work, so you've got this in between so I asked them about internet texting they said, texting? It's nothing. I said, but it's nowadays the modern day writing is where most business is done. He said, it's a, it doesn't exist in a real sense. That's what they said. That was how the rabbis understood it. So you can do it, yeah? Now, I, I, I'm the kind of thought that would think, okay, but it's becoming the point where it's becoming the writing, yeah? That's what I would say back. Right, it's evolving, right? There's evolution to, to writing, right? But as you know, by all religions, if you've got a get-out clause, you're going to take it. You know? <laughs> I'll be honest. You agree? Right, no, for sure. If you're getting a, like, yeah. you know, I'm sure that the Catholic religion's updated itself a little bit, and I'm sure that all, all the different religions out there with technology have come up with some sort of way of dealing with it. You know, um, there's a concept of guarding your eyes, what you look at. I've heard it's not just a Jewish thing. I've heard it's become quite a universal idea that, that porn addiction is not something that any religion really wants. Yeah, So they've come up with different ways of dealing with that distraction. But to end off today so that we finish on time, um, I just want to, one, give us a encouragement that we can deal with this challenge of distraction and that we can have true knowledge between ourselves, our soulmates, our sphere of influence of our children, of our people that are important in our life, to really get to know them, to get to, once we obviously first know ourselves. And then we can get to that climax level, which we're going to discuss more in the next one, more detailed, how to draw out those little bits of good in everyday life, little improvements 
to start to measure life in a different way. It's much more spiritual. Because what, what happens when you do it that way, this is the point we'll get to with the 10th point, then you get to the unification in everything. Because now you're seeing the true reality of life. You've, you've, you have to understand that there's, there's a true life and then there's an imaginary life. Yeah? We understand that well with like films like The Matrix and other things. Once you're in tune with the true life, it's like a, you've woken up. And I don't mean woke like what the world out there says woke is. I mean you've actually woken up. Like you're, now you are alive. Like, whoa. Now I know what life is. I, I've sort of understood, they call it the secret. Whatever people nowadays have come different ways of, you know, enlightenment. All different ways of explaining this new state of thinking. I don't want to get caught up in all the religions and cultures and ways of explaining it. I just want us to get that. So that it should start to impact our life. And why would I want to exclude all the languages? Because it should be accessible for everyone. Let everybody in this world, yeah, all the big people out there who want to impact the world, the, the key point that unites them all and unites everyone who's brought about real change for themselves firstly and then for the rest of the, their sphere of influence is because they, they were able to be honest with themselves in the deepest sense and face themselves and get in touch with themselves and that knowledge that they unleashed, that inner knowledge, that inner truth, that inner reality woke them up to how to really think in life and to really experience life and that became the next stage and now suddenly this cycle of ten, they're on a whole new level of living life. And then a whole new level of living life. Because they're constantly going through all these levels and going up and up and up. Because they're tuning into the true reality that's constantly being created in life. And it's a whole different life. And then you're able to then hopefully open that door up to other people in your life. But once again, we, we had a key word here. What was it? Begins with P and ends with patience. Patience. <laughs> Hardest thing in life. We've got to have patience with ourselves first. Don't be too hard on yourself. Don't expect you're going to get these ideas quick. It's very small incremental change. That's the way I, I would write that down. Incremental change is key. Not giant massive action like Tony Robbins says. I don't even use those words so much now. Maybe he does just to get yourself out of being completely blocked. But right. once you've done those initial, you've got to do the incremental stuff. That's what's going to make the difference. And Amen. yeah, and and it will then give you the ability to touch into the the unique oneness of life in every single moment, in every single experience, in every single change. And I wish you a beautiful day. Thanks for being here today. We should take this with us. And next time we're gonna please God really get into that tenth idea. It's something which tenth habit. It's it's very profound, and it's really the key to everything else we've discussed. And then in a deep way, we all know it. That's the wonderful thing of, of humanity, that every, and it will give you ability to respect every human. Because every human, you'd be surprised, a guy giving a review on a Tom McDonald video can be touching into this deep, profound lesson. Yeah? You think Tom McDonald, how, he's so far from spirituality, he's just some, you know, clickbait, musician, whatever. No, he, on a deep level, everyone has that need to yeah. 
be one and have connection and truth. And everyone has it. And it's really driving everybody. And, the, oh, and if anyone ever destroys that essential part of themselves, they cease to exist. That's the beautiful thing that we all know, that evil consumes itself. What we call evil will cease to exist once it's destroyed that goodly essence. That's the beauty of this world, that that's a safe safe mechanism. It's a very deep concept and we're going to get into it next time. But the safety mechanism of creation of this world is that evil will consume itself. So ultimately, all that's going to be left is the good, true aspect of each person and of creation. So there is hope. As profoundly dark and controlling the world seems to have become, there is a deep essence under it all and under all the people within every human that's intrinsically good and will empower the change that we need to get the world to its unified state of positive and happiness and for ourselves as well. We, we might not be able to see it in our own lifetime manifest globally, but remember, we're all together. So if you don't do it, at least your children will. And if your children don't, they won't. You're planting the seeds that it should manifest the, the unity of, of what you truly want in life, which is we all come together as, you know, this, not kumbaya, but whatever, peaceful reality of, of love and connection. It will manifest, but we are making those little differences. You know, how, how does a soldier comfort himself? I'm just a cog in the machine. The answer would be, he says he knows he made a difference with that one success that he achieved in his career. With that, He knows that that made a difference in the overall bringing goodness to man, humanity yeah? and for whatever nation he represents. If that's what hopefully he was working for. Okay. You should be blessed. Have a good day. Thank you, sir. Have a great week. You too. Bring that into real life. Daily life. Yes, sir.